Hey everyone, welcome back for episode 136 of The Path Podcast. I'm Jason. Hey, I'm Derek. We're so glad that you've decided to join us on The Path today. Uh, we're going to continue talking through our Family Matters series that we've been doing here on Sunday mornings here at Lafayette First. Um, but before we get to that, I want to stop here at the beginning of the podcast and say, if you could share this podcast with other people, that'd be really helpful. I want to, I know that we talk about that at the end mostly, but I want to get you right here. If you only listen to the first half of the podcast, <laughs> share this with people that you know so that other people can be a part of the conversation. You can also rate the podcast on Apple and Spotify and Google. That would really help just to get the word out so that more people could join us on the path. Um, so Derek, today we're talking about, or yesterday you, you talked about the fact that parents are a gift from God, um, which was sort of a dovetail with what Kenneth Acock talked about last week, that children are a gift from God. Um, and so maybe help us uh, draw the bridge between those two things, and then um, what are the handles to hold on to from what you spoke with us about yesterday? Yeah, I thought, number one, I thought Kenneth did a great job. He's uh, with Families, Families for Families, mm-hmm. uh, which is a ministry <clears throat> we are seeking to partner with right. uh, for foster care. It's a Christian organization that uh, uses and utilizes the resources of the local church to uh, give support to families um, who are fostering. Mm-hmm. And so uh, if you're listening to this before February 25th, um, we invite you to come right after church. Uh, there's a meeting about um, about that, and it's kind of that first informational meeting mm-hmm. to kind of give you an idea, an idea of, you know, what you can do to support yeah. foster care. And uh, newsflash, it doesn't mean that you have to bring a child into your home until right. they turn eighteen, <laughs> yeah, and raise yeah. them or whatever, yeah, lots or, or of even ways to plug in. I mean, yeah. you, I mean, that could be what you end up being led to do, but it doesn't have to be. Um, our church, I pray, is um, going to jump into finding ways to partner with folks who are fostering, and that may mean some folks from here end up doing that, but right. um, but. Uh, but it doesn't mean that we have to, um, you know, go all in right away. There's other steps like respite care and yeah. other things that can yeah. happen as well. So come out to that meeting, yeah. learn more. Right. But Kenneth, um, you know, in talking about foster care and that uh, crisis that we're in, <clears throat> and uh, you know, he also he also spoke about you know children being a gift from the Lord. And, mm-hmm. And uh, man, the scripture is clear. He shared he shared uh, a number of scriptures uh, talking about that. <clears throat> mm-hmm. I think our passage yesterday only solidifies that thought. Yeah, uh, it was Ephesians chapter six, verses one through four, where Paul already presupposes that there are children in the worship gathering yeah. to the to, to the people to which he wrote this letter. That they would be able to hear this directly, mm-hmm. and uh, and he addresses them. That um, so so the the early church, you know, saw the importance of children, and uh, saw the importance of uh, them being a gift, but also uh, their parents being a gift and being a parent being a gift, yeah, uh, as well. Uh, one of the things that I wanted to draw out pretty quick, because is because in a lot of ways. Everyone in the room yesterday, and anyone listening um, in the subsequent weeks to you know our message online, you know, not everyone has the privilege of being um, a parent biologically to right. to children. Um, 
and so I, the last thing I would want to do is is remind people of that or upset them necessarily. Sure. Um, but to help everyone in the room to see um, how important children are um, to our church family too. Yeah. And though you may not be the parent um, directly to a child, in a way you have the responsibility of helping nurture and raise the children of our church um, in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. So um, <clears throat> I didn't, I didn't want to, I wanted to do that pretty quickly just to say, you know, though you may not be the actual parent, you may be a grandparent or great-grandparent, even if even if you're not, your children don't go to this church. You have a responsibility in these kids that just a few moments were sitting, mm-hmm. uh, you know, to my left in front. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of what I said. Um, what I, you know, drew, you know, the attention to yesterday. Um, and I think it it underscores that thought underscores the fact that we are a family of Christ followers. Mm-hmm. That we're not just. A group of Christ followers who happen to be in the same room. Mm-hmm. We are a family, and and every member of the family has responsibility of some kind. That's right. And and so that's it. I think that's an important thing to remember that that's why family matters to us. Yes, you know, it's yeah. that's why we're doing a series like this. That mm-hmm. uh, to be reminded that that we <clears throat> we help each other grow in in our mm-hmm. in our walk with Christ, and that goes from from the elderly to the young, like it, it's, it crosses spectrum and vice versa. There's yeah. things that we can learn from our children. And, and, um, and so it's, I think it's important to remember that, that it's not just, it, it is all connected. It's not just a group of disconnected people that are in the same room. Mm-hmm. So I uh, saw a video this week, may have been shared by Kenneth or somebody like that. Um, but it was of a, um, a church primarily of older African-Americans, mm-hmm. um, who, who just decided we can do something about the foster care crisis mm. in our community. Yeah. And uh, some of them took kids into their home, yeah. you know, in their senior adulthood. Yeah. Uh, but, but others, you know, jumped around kind of like what we're talking about with Families for Families and supported, you know, those who were fostering them. Mm-hmm. And they supported the defects workers nearby and those kind of things. Yeah. And, Man, it's a beautiful picture of of really how how um, that church owned this idea of responsibility. Yeah. You know, they they were able to own the responsibility of the children in their own community. Right. And I think it's because people like that see the idea of children are a gift. Uh, Dietrich Bonhoeffer said this. He said, "It's from God that parents receive their children." And it is to God that they, in turn, ought to lead them. And he's, I'm sure, talking about conventional parenting. But if we see this as a gift, if we mm-hmm. understand the gift of God to us to have children, number one, in our congregation, but also in our community, <clears throat> yeah. then we need to do something about it. Right. That's what he's saying there. We, we need to do something about it to lead them. So... Um, I think that's like super important. Um, we jumped into Ephesians six. We we look at four truths there that help us to understand this responsibility and, and what it means and 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 how to you know um, 
own it, you yeah. know, own that responsibility. And, and as we said at the end of the service yesterday, to consecrate ourselves and to consecrate our children to, you know, to to make a declaration, if mm. you will, we're we're going to do something about this. We're going to stand up, um, and we're gonna we're gonna be what God wants us to be yeah. uh, for the children that are in our care and our keeping. So, mm-hmm. um, you want me just to kind of jump through those four truths? Yeah, I think that would be helpful <clears throat> just to just as a reminder, and uh, and then we can kind of discuss from there. Yeah. So, Paul begins, and he's addressing the children. He says, children, obey your parents and the Lord because this is right. The first point that we talked about yesterday is that godly parenting can be happily obeyed. So Paul's addressing the children. Uh, At the time, our children went down to blast. So, you know, I wanted to utilize this idea that that Paul's speaking to the whole gathered church. He hones in on children and then just a few minutes later, a few verses later, to dads. But it was in the context of the whole church. Mm-hmm. And so having that in mind, you know, I, I wanted to draw out that, like, how can... So it's right for people, for children to obey parents. Mm-hmm. But how can we be the parents, the godly parents God wants us to be so that we can... Our children will obey us happily. Right, you know? right. Uh, I, think, I think that's... You know, talking about kind of coming off the baggage series. I think a lot of baggage yeah. has come down the line when it's, you know, <clears throat> I am your parent. You must do everything I say. Right. And, but there's no there's no life that lines up with that care or love, yeah. you know, uh, basically godliness. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> So I, d- I try to define what is, you know, what is a godly parent or what does a godly parent do? Um, I think a truly godly parent is teaching their children, is leading their children, guiding their children out of the overflow of their walk with the Lord. Yeah. And if you're not, then you're not a godly parent. Like mm-hmm. if you're just leaning on human wisdom uh, conventional wisdom or what has always been done and you're not first diving into the depths of your relationship with the Lord mm-hmm. then I think that that you are leading wrongly mm-hmm. um, so I think you know that's what we have to do I gave the example that you know in my home <laughs> the phrase do as I say not as I do mm-hmm. A lot of times comes up because, um, you know, or really my kids, I said kids are great at sniffing out inconsistencies, right? Yeah. And they do. Like, you know, uh, well, how come you get to do that? You know, I don't get to do that. Or, you know, and it's it's anything from like, you have to go to bed. Well, how do how come you get to stay up? Yeah. Well, okay. Because I'm an adult. You're a child. You need more yeah, right. sleep. I mean, it's like I have other things to do. Your mom and I want to talk. I mean, like. Without interruption, yeah, I mean, we, you know, those kind of things. But it could be like, you know, like happened yesterday right after church. You know, where we don't eat any food in the living room. Well, I had a cookie, and you know, it's a cookie. I'm gonna eat it really quick. But I was sitting on the couch mm-hmm. with it, and my wife's like, "Oh, you know, I guess I need to let the church know that the pastor is <laughs> the first one to break what he talked about yesterday." You know, because <laughs> right. you know, if my kids came in at that moment and said. I want a cookie, you know, 
And yeah. Colt tried to. You know, it's like, you got to go to the kitchen. Well, why don't you yeah, have to go to the you're kitchen? You're sitting right yeah, here. So yeah. It's a silly example, but it's our, our children may obey us <clears throat> for a time out of obligation. Yeah. Uh, or even demanded obedience. Yeah. But they're not going to do that happily very long. And what will help them to do that happily is when they can see that you are seeking to depend upon the Lord Mm -hmm. and follow His ways uh, in your parenting. Um, It says, children, obey your parents in the Lord. Now, he's talking about kids, but he draws out a great point is that we all rely on the strength of the Lord, yeah. uh, either in being a child and being reared or being a parent and being the rearer, the one parenting yeah. the child. Uh, we have to first model dependence upon God in our parenting so that the next point can be true, which is God-enabled children should hold parents in respect. Right, And the only way that children can obey their parents in the Lord as if they see their parents being yeah. in the Lord. Right. And so that was the the, the, tr- the truth I was trying to draw out in both of those points. Number one, we got to be godly parents first. We need to be in the Lord so that our parent, our children can respect us and follow us and obey us in the strength of the Lord. Yeah. I think one of the thing that came to my mind was that um, there's a difference between obedience and behavior modification. Um, And like, trust me, I have four children. I understand that there are moments where behavior has to be modified like that Mm -hmm. in the moment. Um, I get it. But um, if, if I'm not modeling obedience to the father in my own life before my children, they're not going to have, any frame of reference for what it means to be obedient to me, um, and and obviously I'm it's a it's a broken system because of sin. But um, I think getting that that delineation in mind of there's a difference between obedience and behavior modification. Although when we are obeying, our behavior will be modified. Right. But um, but it's the the end goal is, is two different things. I think it's the same. Con- it's the same conversation we had a few weeks ago when we talked about legalism, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, um, it's you know we we can be pretty good at putting on a really good face. Yeah, but what Paul's trying to do here, and what I, what I was trying to do, is get to the the heart level. Like, mm-hmm. where are you really? Yeah, you know, do you put on a good show? You know. And your your kids are all just prim and proper, dressed in just to the nines, but you hold that authoritative thumb on them mm-hmm. constantly. That one day they'll rebel if if you're not careful, or do you lovingly, out of the overflow of your own walk with the Lord and dependence upon Him, you know, say, "This is what we do in our home because we love the Lord and we depend upon the Lord, and I want to help you to to learn mm-hmm. to do that." And listen. Um, as you can see with my cookie example, these are these are things that that the Lord is continually helping me see and teach me as well. Yeah, uh, I've been praying a prayer every morning and just say, Lord, let me praise you with my life, not just my lips, 
and let me praise you in a way that my kids can learn to praise you because they yeah. see me praising you, depending upon you, loving you, uh, being um, in right relationship with you. Mm-hmm. I can, I all day long, I can bring out my Bible and we can have a little family devotion every day and I can say, this is what God says and this is what the Word of God says and we should believe it and we should do it. But if I'm not doing that yeah. also with my own life and they can actually see that, they won't care. Right. They'll, they'll sniff out the inconsistencies and say, why? Yeah. Why should I do that? You're the pastor of a church. You don't even do that. You know, or you're the deacon or you're the Sunday school or you're, you know, you're a, you know, a lifelong believer. You know, yeah. you, you've done this. You know, our kids are going to see um, where we fail and where our inconsistencies lie. Yeah. Uh, the next point was just, you know, following the text and it says that if you, it's, Recalling, you know, Deuteronomy, Exodus, mm-hmm. this uh, the command uh, found in both places mm-hmm. to um, to honor your father and mother, and and the promise that it goes with it, which is that you will live long in the land. Yeah. Um, so so Paul draws that out. What Paul is drawing out is not the necessarily the nuances of what live long in the land means, but he's just saying this was the first promise, or this was the first commandment that had a promise attached mm-hmm. to it. Yeah. And so what he's helping them to see is that honoring your your parents, honoring uh, those adults who have you know responsibility of your spiritual uh, welfare and your spiritual growth is is the first step in receiving God's promises in your life mm-hmm. that uh, honoring parents, will help you to find the promises of God in your life. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, I think, um, <clears throat> number one, I don't think we understand honor uh, mm-hmm. like this. I think, uh, as we were talking before, Eastern cultures do this a lot better. This yeah. is what, you know, we're, we're very Western. We we oftentimes read Scripture through Western eyes, but it was written yeah, in, in an Eastern in context. Eastern yeah. context and through Eastern hands. Mm-hmm. And so even, even Paul who was a lot more concrete um, in, in a lot of his thinking, it's still out of this overflow of Eastern thought. And so... Yeah. Well, and he was raised in a, <clears throat> he was raised in a Hebrew home. So right. he has that Jewish culture Absolutely. In, in, his, in his blood, so to speak. Right. And so um, all that to say is that, you know, honor meant, meant so much more than what we realize or give credence yeah. to here uh, in mm-hmm. our Western culture. Um, and, and, you know, anecdotally, I think you can see in movies and shows and you know, other, other things mm-hmm. that, um, you know, folks in Eastern cultures really do honor their parents right. in a lot, a lot of ways, I think better than what we do here. Mm-hmm. So number one, we got to work on that. But when we get to that point, you know, my terminology for honor is just to hold in high esteem. Yeah. Um, when we do that, we begin to see the way things God intended. We're, we're carrying out that idea of being in the Lord yeah. in our relationships um, and finding our strength in Him rather than in and of ourselves. We're able to lay ourselves aside and uh, raise up those in our lives to that seat of honor, to that place of honor. Uh, mm-hmm. the, the final thing that I try to do, uh, of course, Paul is the the guide here 
but he he turns the the, the laser focus. Remember, he's he's doing this in the whole context. So moms are there, kids are there, elders are there, grandpas are there, grandmoms, all that. But he hones in on the dads, um, and and I think he does that because um, um, because of their uh, spiritual leadership, but also because oftentimes dads fail in this arena to be uh, I call, what I call sensitive. Yeah. And I don't mean like you know um, puppy dogs and rainbows sensitive. I right. mean I mean he was um, calling men. To be mindful of the hearts of the mm-hmm. children, to be sensitive to what is happening uh, underneath the surface, and he says, "Don't provoke them to wrath, but bring them up and train them in the nurture and admonition of the Lord." You know, mm-hmm. to you know, he's asking them to be nurturing spiritually uh, fathers to them, so that they can be led to the nurturing and loving arms of our saviors. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, dads really should reflect the love of our Heavenly Father in, in our parenting. And when we do, we can produce growing disciples um, of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, to close the series that, or the service out, we, we kind of made a bold declaration of uh, most of the congregations kind of put their stake in the ground, yeah. so to speak, and said, we will do what God has called us to do now. Uh, uh, I pray that we will continue to rely on the Lord's strength to do that. Yeah. And that won't, won't just be a one-time thing that we said, but it, again, it'll be the overflow of our hearts and the overflow mm-hmm. of our lives and the overflow of our dependence upon God. Yeah. Um, so any yeah. thoughts or any questions? Or? Yeah. I, uh, one of the, <clears throat> I mean, the thing that keeps that I keep hearing over and over is just that as we live a life that honors our heavenly father, it will impact all of our parenting, childrening relationships. Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm, as, mm-hmm. as a child, as a parent, as a as a biological parent, or as a spiritual parent, in all of those ways, um, it, it it all comes back to how do we interact with our heavenly Father, and then that mm-hmm. impacts everything else we do. I mean, I, I think a great example of what you're talking about of how we we all have a responsibility is. Paul's writing, like especially in his writings, his letters to Timothy, he he viewed Timothy as his son in the faith. Mm-hmm. And so Paul was not in any way blood related to Timothy, but he treated him as a son in the faith and invested in him. Um, and that's that's the thing that you're talking about. Like the thing that we're staking our claim at the end of the service yesterday is that as as members of Lafayette First, we all have some sort of responsibility in the spiritual growth of the children that are here at this church. And so um, I, I think the only way that that happens is if we are in tune with our Heavenly Father, mm-hmm. if we're having a good relationship, if we have a, a vibrant, growing relationship with our Heavenly Father is the only way that, we're, that these other relationships are going to have any hope of, uh, of thriving. Mm-hmm. So. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, that, I mean, sounds simple. Sure. Um, but it's hard, yeah. <laughs> but it takes us. It takes us really finding humility mm-hmm. and understanding our dependence, our true dependence upon the Lord. That's right. Yeah. Um, and even that can be painful because yeah. we have to come to grips with. I'm not the end all be all. I I am. Right. I will fail, and I have failed 
and I will fail again. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but I have at my disposal, in a way, um, I have right in front of me a loving Heavenly Father that wants, number one, wants a deep abiding relationship with me. Yeah. And that's the source of my strength. Mm-hmm. That's the source of me being the dad I need to be. That's the source of me being the husband I need to be. That's the source of me being the pastor that I need to be. That's mm-hmm. the source of me being the leader that I need to be. Is that am I relying upon my relationship with the Lord? Now, and I would say, when you get to that point, that's great. It's freeing. It's like, oh mm-hmm. man, I'm I'm in this place where I really need to be. But at the very same moment was when is when the fiery darts that Paul mentions in the next, you know, yeah. mentions uh, yeah. just a few verses later, right. start coming in. Yeah. That that satanic attack he's talking about, the Satan's darts coming at you. When you are living the way he's he's telling the Ephesians to live in this moment, and it's kind of, it's all around, he's talking about how husbands should be husbands, how wives should be wives, yeah. how we should walk with the Lord leading up to that. And then in this moment, you know, how to do that specifically in these relationships and that's when the fiery darts come in and say, oh, you feel good about this? You yeah. feel good about where you are and your dependence upon the Lord? Here's where I'm going to try to derail you from your daily time with me or with the Lord. Mm-hmm. I'm going to try to derail you from your your uh, your prayer time. or from your, And it's just, it starts off as little distractions, but it can get more if, right. if you're really devoted to it. So, you know, I mean, I think... I mean, it doesn't mean we stop doing it. I mean, it's sure. just, or we should be afraid or concerned, but it's just, it's just, we need to be aware yeah. that it's not all of a sudden we just turned on some switch and now it's going to be really easy. Oh, because I've yeah. realized this. No, it's like, no, I just have to be completely dedicated to this, yeah. uh, despite whatever may come, trying to knock me off my. Right. Well, and it's not a, it's not a process that has an end point on this side of eternity. <clears throat> So it's not like you're. It's not like we're going to grow in the Lord to the point that we're like, okay, well, I figured that out. I can mm-hmm. stop working on that. Yeah. No, <laughs> that's going to be a daily thing until you pass from this life to mm-hmm. the next, mm-hmm. and um, and it, it take it does take work. It's not something that just happens by osmosis. No. So. No, it takes intentionality. Yeah. 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 yeah very good. Good deal. All right. Well, here's where we turn it over to you. What um, is God showing you through these verses? How how could we help you grow in um, in making your life match up with what you say you believe, that, mm-hmm. that thing that we talked about yesterday. We'd love to help you grow in that. You can email us at thepath at lafayettefirst.life, or you can comment right on the YouTube video, and we'd love to start a conversation with you. Um, next week, we're going to finish up this series of Family Matters, uh, talking about how our marriages are a gift from the Lord. Uh, We hope that you will join us then. Uh, But until next time, I am Jason. Hey, I'm Derek. And we hope that you will join us as we continue down the path.